Welcome back to Think What You Will podcast. Here with me, Jason Suarez and Rodrigo Pontes. So for our fourth episode today, we're going to be talking about relationships, different kinds of relationships and how meaningful they are to a person in their personal lives. So let's go into the idea of, you know, one of the first fundamental relationships that we build in our lives, which is our relationship with our parents and subsequently also a relationship with the rest of our family. So to build on that, um, I'm pretty sure that family relationships are the strongest relationships people have because, you know, it's blood, blood family. And uh, you grow around those people, you live with those people for years with your parents. Well, in most cases, you live with your parents for until you're like 18, good, ready to go to college. If you have sister or brothers, uh, you grow up with them as well. Um, and you have your grandparents, uncles, aunties, cousins. So I feel like for me personally, uh, family relationships are the most important type of relationships for me because nothing, um, nothing is more important to me than family because no matter what, you know, romantic relationships come and go, friendships come and go. And uh, I think that most of the family usually is the one that stays. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, that dependence on it and also that security that we get, for example, from family relationships is there for a reason. It's not just, I mean, there are like natural causes and biological reasons for it, but it's also because we know those people have in the past always been there for us. And in that sense, we know they, we know they should always be there for us. Of course, there are cases where, you know, family members betray each other and, you know, we have situations like that. That's without a doubt, right? But in general, we can, you know, that's the relationship that we rely on when we're babies, you know, starting from when we're kids, starting from when we're, you know, young. It's, you know, that dependence on our family always providing for us, for example, our parents, right? Yeah, I want to I wanna ask you a question. How, how would you describe your relationship with your parents, uh, brothers and, and sisters, if you have any? How would you, how would you say, like, are you really close with them? Is it a good kind of relationship? Yeah, I would say in general, I have a pretty good relationship with all of my family members. We're pretty close, but it's interesting. We have an interesting dynamic in our family, especially because I think, um, I think you know, but the audience may not, but I have seven brothers and sisters, right? So there's a huge age gap in, between me because I'm the youngest and the oldest sibling who's already in their mid forties, for example. So oh, wow. it's almost a strange feeling sometimes because obviously they're my brother and stuff, but I've never fully lived with them. Unlike some of my younger siblings that I've spent time with, you know, grown up with and really grown to know. They're kind of like, you know, the older brother is like, oh, this guy is a little bit more mysterious. You know, I don't know him as well, but we're still very close and we talk all the time and stuff. So that's not a problem. So wait, who's the oldest and who's the youngest? I'm the youngest. And okay. my brother, Philip, is the oldest. So how old is he? I think he's 44. 44 and you're, and you're 19 turning 20. This year. Oh, wow. Okay. He's basically old enough for my dad, basically. Yeah, he has a lot of experience. But that's good. That's like a, a brother who could teach you a lot as well. Uh, for myself, I would say I'm pretty close with my parents. 
but it wasn't always like that. I, I can say that as well. And uh, I have two older sisters that are twins. And I would say there have been times where we have been closer than we are now. And I would say I'm closer with one of them than the other, you know, but that's mm -hmm. just because we know we are all in different places. And I guess it's not uh, like, you know, we're all busy with th certain things, but I would say like, I try the most to like be close and contact everybody in my family, my mom, my dad, my sisters, my grandparents. I try to always be in contact with them because yeah. I, I try to make them a part of, if it's not my daily life, my weekly life, because I think, for, like I said, my, for me, family is the most important. And um, it, we, it, it brings me to the topic where I said that it's not always been the case where I've, always, I've not always been closest to my parents. I would say mm -hmm. like growing up, I've been closest to my dad than to my mom. I lived with him. And, but nowadays, uh, I'm really close with both because I spend like an equal amount of time and I love both equally. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, like it brings me to the thing where although family relationships are really important, it doesn't mean it's always, you know, the rainbows and sunshine. There's always periods where there are difficulties, there are struggles, um, there are some arguments, some fights. And I'm pretty sure you could weigh in on that as well. Yeah, for sure. But let's, let's dive into something I thought was interesting. So you said basically that both your sisters lived with your mom, right? But yeah. you're, you also said that you feel like you have a closer connection or a closer relationship with one of them. Why do you think that's why do you think that's the case? Like I talk more through a phone because I'm in a different country with one of my sisters right. way more than the other. Because the other is busier, has um, you know, a different kind of life. And um the sister I'm closest with is like the one I see the most. So because I, I see her more times and I talked with her and I contact her like there's more contact between the two of us. Uh, compared to the other but I try to stay in contact with everybody the same because for me I don't love anybody differently and I don't have any preferences towards anybody mm. I guess it just comes to you know people get busy have work jobs you know have to study and stuff like that so the, the, and sometimes you know the times are not when I'm free one of them might not be free you know things like that but I love everybody the same and for me it's it's all the same. I don't think that I have any preferences or I like one more than the other. That's not the case. So yeah, um, I love them both equally. How about you? I think relationships with your family are, can be complicated. I think it's also dependent, for example, on, I think, deeperly, like more deeply, it would be like things like gender can be a big influence on your relationships with your family members. I think gender also maybe hobbies i think hobbies are like what you do in your life and your parents expectations of you can really influence for example your relationship with your brothers and sisters right for take for example gender right between you and a sibling there could be rivalry right maybe between you and a male sibling there could be you know if you both play football or if you both you know play the same sport or play guitar there could be a rivalry there which could be both negative and positive right you could you know use it as a you know, there's people who create bands together, you know, them and their siblings, right? There's that kind of like 
benefit to family relationships and things, but it could also be a negative thing where you're competing with a sibling and maybe one finds favor in their parents' eyes and there's a problem with that, you know, and that happens with, you know, I think every family and imagine with eight kids that obviously happens a lot more, right? For example, and like, you know, the last and the second last, you know, child in the family, there's a little bit of strife, you know, between, you know, generally the last person is the most spoiled technically. And everybody in my family says I'm the most spoiled. So, you know, there's a little bit of tension between me and the last first and the second last, you know, sibling. But other than that, yeah, I think access accessibility, like you said, is very important, right? How how present they are in your life. And also, I think you mentioned a key word before too, which is communication, right? How you communicate with them. How often do you communicate them? Um, and those things kind of, you know, influence or shape your relationship with your siblings. That, that is very true. Um, it's key. Um, I think that even if it's family, uh, if you don't communicate with them a lot, or if there's no interactions or, you know, a, a kind of a closeness, you at, at some point you will just kind of drift apart and not really see each other as family anymore. So I try yeah. to keep my family like close uh, to me because I, I value everybody equally. And um, it's just really important to me. But now, since we're talking about family relationships, we're going to take a really big turn and talk about acquaintances, which is really different. Like, how do you weigh in on acquaintances? What's their, like, what's their level of importance to, like, in your life? I think being social and having like, people who are outside of your family present in your life to like, do things with... Um, and learn with, I think are important. I think they are important, but they also have their special world life. Like, I think we as individuals are the most important thing to take care of, right? Yeah. And we have to be, we have to be discerning in who we choose as friends, for example, right? And not let people come in our life that waste our time, waste our energy, or don't really have anything to offer us and just take things from us, right? Yeah. Um, but those kind of relationships depend also on how you build them. Like if they're just people, you know, if you met at a bar or something like those people are probably most likely <laughs> in the general sense of the word, aren't people you're going to be, you know, talking about personal things with, you know, yeah. sharing, you know, financial information or things like that. Right. People that maybe you met in kindergarten or you met in, you know, primary school that you grew up with generally have, you generally you have stronger bonds with. I agree with you completely. Like um, acquaintances are most people, like, are mostly people that, you meet, but you don't stay in, you're not really close with, um, mm -hmm. I guess. Like, it's good for me. I, I personally think it's good to network and meet people because it's important. You know, uh, people give you opportunities and provide opportunities. But, and I think it's really important, although you're not very close with them, to maintain a level of respect, you know, between me, myself and an acquaintance. And like you said, uh, if you meet somebody at a bar or like in a different scenario, maybe at a festival or something, you're not, you maybe it can grow up, like it can grow to be a meaningful friendship where you end up trusting each other and sharing personal things with each other. But if it's like just an occasional thing where you guys just meet up to grab a drink or see a game or something like that, I really mm -hmm. doubt where that a person's going to open up. You know, it's just mostly for the fun and yeah. the excitement of things. But 
I feel like people like, don't give as much importance to acquaintances as they should because like, although for myself, I've lived in different countries in different continents, I've met my fair share of people and I don't consider all of them to be friends. Most, mm -hmm. most of them are considered them to be acquaintances, but I still reach out to wish them a happy birthday when it's their birthday, you know? And I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't think a lot of people give acquaintances that level of respect to at least reach out to wish a happy birthday when it's their birthday or happy holidays, you know, or something like that. For sure. But it kind of depends on what kind of acquaintances you're talking about, right? Like, for example, if they're just somebody that you met somewhere, right? It's like, yeah. And they, what if they never wished you a happy birthday? It's kind of like, why would you do that back, right? Okay. It's not being selfish, but like being, you know, you know, I'm aware of the situation, for example. But other acquaintances I think that people don't give importance to would be acquaintances like, for example, it could be in work, it could be in school, right? With your teachers, those kind of acquaintances. I wouldn't necessarily classify them as professional acquaintances because it could be a little bit broader than that. Like if you're in a school, it's your teacher. It's not necessarily a professional acquaintance. But, you know, what, like what are some kind of, or what are some people in that kind of, you know, area that influenced you in your life? There are some teachers I consider to be my friend because I know them personally. Um, you know, I've had conversations with them, not just the kind of a student teacher conversation more so where he, the teacher shares something about their lives and I share something about mine, develop like a, a friendly, you know, a, a friendly level of respect. And the, the teachers I've developed that with, I consider them to be friends because, and are professional acquaintances because like they influence you, you know, and some teachers are, have lived uh, a meaningful life and have shared different kinds of experiences, whether they were good or bad. And they tell me about it and they teach me about it and be like, oh, in this situation, this happened and I made this mistake and it shouldn't have. So it kind of like helps me grow as a person more, you know, and not only teachers, but uh, there are some, you know, workers um, at schools that I've developed like a professional acquaintance, acquaintanceship with because, by talking and, you know, and I, I feel like I agree with you when you said that depends on the acquaintance where you have that level of respect to wish them a happy birthday. I guess it's more towards a, an acquaintance where, you, where you're closer with not like somebody you just met or, you know, you don't talk to at all. Um, no. But how about yourself? Who are like acquaintances that like kind of like you look at them as acquaintances, but they have like a meaningful place in your life? I think there are a couple, for example, football coaches that had that place. But I think like when we're talking about teachers, I think they also are important. I've known a couple of teachers in my life that um, I want to say have profound impact, but considering that we're talking about this topic, like I think it was interesting. For example, I had a teacher in this last year that I was studying in her course of sociology. And no, she was a bit of a wild teacher and stuff, but I was really very communicative with her and things throughout like, you know, the presentation projects that she gave us and throughout the poster project, the final poster project, because we had to do a poster for that subject. And I communicated with her a lot and I learned a lot from it she was obviously somebody with a lot more experience in that area and i think people forget that people like that like your teachers and things in school have not a lot more knowledge than you 
you know. Yeah. And if you need guidance, for example, in scholastics or things, you can always go ask them. Or in careers, for example, if you're like studying a course at university and you know this person went through this course, you can always ask them like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with making a decision, you know, of whether to go down the road of, for, in, for example, in my case, going, going down the road of, you know, being a physical trainer or, for example, a coach, right? There's two different areas. You can always ask and communicate with them to gain knowledge and information, right? And I think one other thing that people generally forget in acquaintances like this is that they're also people, right? I think a lot of people, like when they go to school, they're just like, oh, that's a teacher. Hi, you know, whatever. They don't have any respect for it. They pass them in the hallway. They don't say anything. They don't say, you know, hello, teacher, you know, whatever, you know. And in class, they kind of just end class and they leave. And they don't understand that maybe the teacher, you know, who sees 100 students every day pass through her class, like, might want to have a conversation with somebody and that they're human and that, you know, they also want to have interactions with other people. And I think people forget that sometimes. I was going to mention that. I was going to say that whether it was with teachers, coaches, I feel like a lot of people just have that casual hello and goodbye kind of thing. And they don't have the, the level. I would even say respect because, you know, coaches teachers and other people in those professions they're human beings as well and from for myself i try to establish conversations with the teachers um i go with a good morning how are you doing and develop like a small conversation before class starts or something like that not all the time but usually uh, mm -hmm. with coaches as well so you know it develops that kind of humanization of interaction between teacher student coach and player and other situations like that because if if you just go to your coach or teacher saying good morning and goodbye when you enter and leave class or enter and leave training like they're gonna look at you and be like wow okay he's just coming here you know he doesn't really care you know you might get good grades you might be a good athlete but and then that as a person is not really worth anything you know and i feel like teachers and coaches and other staff, they value uh, a person being a human, you know, being nice, being interactive, having respect. And I feel like they prefer those kinds of people over, you know, others. And I, I feel like it's important to establish a friendly line of conversation and interaction between these different situations and these different people. Yeah, I think so. It really is important, you know, establishing those, establishing those connections with them because they can also, you know, eventually give you insight and be mentors for you in the future. And they can open, for example, opportunities um, that you couldn't have opened with yourself. For example, I was in a team, I remember a couple of years back, well, two years back, and I was training there. You know, I was, I was the new kid on the block, had been there for about two, three months. And it was a coach that really didn't like me. He didn't want to play me, you know. He was kind of like, oh, I don't know who this two kid is. I don't want to play him. Fine. Eventually what happened was the team wasn't getting results and things. And they changed coaches. Now, one of the other midfielders that I, you know, usually played with and stuff, he knew this new coach. And, you know, he went and talked to that coach and, you know, introduced me and kind of like gave me a friendly recommendation to him, you know. And it opened the door opportunity for me to play on the team that wasn't there before through a relationship, right? Through, you know, an acquaintance basically in the situation, right? 
And I also made a relationship with that coach, for example. Like we had a very good relationship. We talked about a lot of things. We discussed a lot of things inside football and a lot of things outside football, right? Um, you know, how to be a, you know, a leader, how to be a strong person, right? More specifically in the football area. But, you know, it was very important lessons for me. And that also led me to, you know, eventually developing more in the academy. And I became like the captain of the team. And uh, he also presented me with the opportunity to train as a coach, right, in the coaching role, you know, the youth team. And that was a whole, like, new opening for me and stuff. But I don't know about you. For myself, I feel like growing up when I was a kid, um, there was this coach at the school when I used to play for just at the school team. There was this coach that, um, you know, was really important. One of probably one of the most important coaches in my life because he, he, I remember one time I had a conversation with him like years later and he was like, I remember the first few times he came to training, you like, you just kick the ball everywhere, you know, you just, and then he like kind of contributed to the player I am today, to the athlete I am today because he helped me see the importance in training. And I was just a kid. I was like, 10 years old, nine, and helped me see that the importance of a good training session, a coach back home. When I walk into him in the street, we usually like stop in the street for like half an hour or just have conversations. And he's like, oh, I enjoy watching you play now. You've became like, you've grown so much as an athlete, as a person. And um, I feel like he, he's been really important. And I, I feel like I've been a bit lucky in terms of coaches because I've always been able to establish most of the times a good relationship from coach to player where because I've always had like a, a kind of a questioning mind where I would question I would make I would ask questions about why this is the way it is you know so they would like explain it to me they kind of would mentor me in a way but I feel like a, a lot of kids uh, a lot of people they think they they know it all you know so they show up to training they think they're the stars of the team and instead of listening to the coach and, you know, receiving the coach's mentorship, they just like, I know it. I don't, I don't care, you know. And for, I was never like that. My father always told me that um, you have two years and one month to listen double the amount of what you speak. And he always told me to go to training um, and question myself as what can I do better? Ask the coach for, gui for guidance, tips on how to improve how, like in this scenario, in this situation. And I feel like I've always been able to establish a good, close friendship uh, between coach and player with my coaches because I'm respectful and I'm, always, I'm very curious. And that's helped me improve a lot as a player and as an athlete. And I think it's really important because coaches have a lot of experience, have worked with a lot of professional players and different kinds of players. So they've met different kinds of people you know, the football world, people, uh, players come and go. And being for, being at 14 years old and integrating a senior team uh, in Macau, it was really, it was like a, a big change because the coach was different from what I used to. More serious, mm -hmm. more, harder on me as well, demanded way more from me. It pushed me to, like, to be the best version of myself, the best player I could be. And I was competing with 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds, you know, and I was like, I was a young kid. I was a skinny little kid, you know, 
and I got a few minutes in every now and then in some matches. Um, I learned a lot from the senior players as well because I would be around them. I would sometimes, you know, go to the team dinners. I would go, try to go to all the team dinners with them. And I would be the only kid at the team dinners. Mm. It was crazy. You know, so I feel like looking at older people and seeking kind of a learning experience from them is really important uh, from coaches, players, teachers, everybody. It's really important. But you got to learn how to pick them, you know, because not, not every coach is a good mentor or a good coach. Not every teacher is a good teacher or a good mentor. For sure. And you have to show them that you're curious because they don't, you kind of get left there behind, you know, where they kind of look at you and be like, oh, he's that kid. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to learn. He's not curious, right? When you show them, you know, that willingness, like, hey, I'm here. I'm not just here to, you know, be in the back of the team or whatever. I'm here because I want to learn. And I want you guys to teach us. They also find, because they also enjoy it. They're like, oh, this is somebody that I can pass my knowledge down to. Imagine you're a coach, right? You, your, your football career is finishing. You're like, wow, I have so much knowledge. I can't use it anymore. I'm too old to play the game, right? Look, there's this bright new kid. If you're a kid who doesn't want to learn, he's going to look at you and be like, oh, this guy doesn't want to learn anything. Like, he's not going to listen to me when I pass on the information, pass on the knowledge, right? You show him every day, hey, I'm trying. Or, you know, I want to learn. Then he'll come to you and he'll also be like, look, this is what you can do better because he knows you're listening. And that's very, very important to show to your, you know, superiors and show to, you know, the people who have responsibility over you too. I agree with that. And that kind of brings us into a topic where, there are some, like, some acquaintances become friends. They become, you develop a friendship with them. I would say, looking back, some of the most important acquaintances that at the time I looked at them and I saw an acquaintance, I look back at now and I see a friend. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a few coaches that I look at them as my friend because I contact them and I talk with them and even older players as well. And I try to stay in contact because it's, it's like, important to have friends and to know people and i value friendships as well a lot yeah for sure um friendships have an important role especially you know nowadays society and things right they're a big part of our lives you know people that we hang out with it it makes us who we are right they say that the person you are is manifested but also decided with the group you hang out with for example, if you put yourself in bad company, you'll probably end up, you know, becoming like them. You'll probably go down the wrong way, right? If you hang out with people who are knowledgeable, who are good for you, right? You go down a path that's much you know, more beneficial for you, right? So having that discernment to choose your friends is very, very important, you know? I, I think the question is, you know, what are good qualities for friends, for example? What do you think are good qualities for friends? What I look for, like... I would say I would say I have a few friends and even less closer friends because mm. for me I value loyalty, I value respect, I value honesty, and you know the my the, my close friends I consider them family mm -hmm. because for me I feel like there are some friendships that you look at them and be like this guy or this girl is like family to me you know and um. I think th those three traits are really important to me. You know, they're really, really important. And I feel like a lot of, like the people you surround yourself with, they are the most 
influential people on how you grow and who you become. And like you said, if you surround yourself with people that commit crimes, do drugs, you're going to become one of them. You're going to become a guy that will break the law, will do drugs. You know, and if you surround yourself with people that are honest, that work hard, that push themselves and push you to be better, you'll become a better person. Yeah, you follow the trend of peer pressure, right? When you have people who, you're a group of five people and you're the only person not doing something, eventually one day you'll succumb to it, right? Yeah. One day, you know, you'll give into it. Oh, what they keep pushing you and pushing you to do something you don't want to do. And you follow that. And I think a good friend is somebody who knows also what's good for you and knows how to like accept your differences, like saying, hey, like just because I, I like to do something, you can do something different, you know? You know, it's okay if you're like that, right? Um, I think another quality that's very important is if you really have a true friend, they're not afraid to criticize you too. I think it's a very important quality. Like, hey, you did something wrong. I'm your best friend, right? It doesn't mean I just say, oh, that was cool. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, saying, look, I think you could do better than this. You know, as a person in whatever you're doing, if he's a friend at a football pitch, he'll be somebody who comes up to you and says, hey, you know, that was a bad pass. You know, you got to do this better. That's also being a good friend. Because if he wasn't your friend, he wouldn't do that. For example, if I wasn't your friend, maybe I wouldn't care. I wouldn't say, you know, Rodrigo, you got to, you know, fix your, you know, character or whatever. You're, you've got this problem, you know, you got to change. If I wasn't your friend, I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't care. So, you know, being your friend also means making hard decisions that even though might maybe jeopardize your relationship with the person, you know, is in a better good, better good for them, right? Yeah. So basically you're describing is people that look out for you and you look out for them and are not afraid to be honest with you, even if it's something that you don't, you don't they know you don't want to hear, but it's the truth. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people lie to each other because they don't want to make the other person mad when yeah. down the road, honestly, I personally think that if you're truthful from the beginning, you, even if it's something that it's a bad quality about a person that you tell them and the person will be mad at you for it down the line, it will be, it will be better to just be honest. And for example, we can mention the two of us. I, I consider us to be really close friends because mm -hmm. we basically talk every day and we're in constant contact. And I feel like you and I um, are really honest with each other and we tell each other the, for example, when it comes to the podcast, we are very critical towards each other in a positive way where We tell each other where we lack or where we could do better. And, you know, instead of us taking it the wrong way, we'd be like, okay, these are things where I have to improve and are being pointed out. He's right, you know? And I feel like that also comes to the person having a sense of self-awareness and being able to take on criticism to improve. A lot of people cannot do that. A lot of people, if you say something, To, that's to help them, you know, mm -hmm. in a certain situation, they will get mad because you're criticizing them. People cannot take criticism. And they're not, I think a lot of people are not self-aware, you know, towards their qualities and their bad qualities. And that kind of destroys a lot of friendships that could be good for both people. 
People don't like being self-criticized because it hurts their, hurts their self-pride, right? So, I mean, it hurts them. I'm not saying it's, you know, not everybody, you know, some people don't get hurt by, their, by other people's criticisms. I'm not saying that, right? But it's also good to have a friend. Like, instead of having maybe somebody you really hate, you know, come and say that to you, you can have a friend say it to you. So it can even hurt less, right? Maybe he's saving you from a hurt that might happen in the future, right? Maybe he's saving you by criticizing you now so that you don't have to be criticized in the future, right? So, you know, you've got to let down your pride a little bit and accept it. And that would obviously benefit you. And it would benefit your relationship too because you're building something, right? I think a very important part of relationships, whether it's parents, whether it's family, whether it's acquaintances, whether it's friends, whether it's romantic, right? Is you're building something. It's not going to be today that you have a relationship with somebody. It's through experiences, right? Maybe one day he breaks your trust. You know, I've had experience with somebody, um, a close friend of mine, you know, one day we were just in a car, like four of us, and we're just joking about things. And we, I kind of said something that really pissed them off. You know, and <laughs> it was like, I, it was the first time I had said something like that. You know, I was like, oh shit, like, what's going to happen? You know, this, I, he was my best friend, you know, at the time. And obviously things moved on and stuff. And it kind of is like a trying, it's, it's a trialing period, right? Um, but that builds like your strength as a relationship. I agree. And you only become friends with someone by spending time with them and getting to know them. And sometimes you see that with that time spent, that's not the kind of person you want to associate yourself with. Um, but for me, I feel like I'm always open to making friends and to meeting new people. But like I already, I'm already like, I'm very picky on who becomes my, like really a true friend to myself who I can like be personal with, um, talk about my personal life. And, you know, because for me, trust is really important. Establishing a bond, a trust bond, a friendly bond. And those things take time. You know, you don't, you don't, you're just not gonna straight off the bat, you know, be, have a truth connection, a truthful connection with, or a friendly, like a really close friendship with just, you know, it takes times it takes months, it takes years to develop one, you know, and I have a really small circle of friends like that. I consider them to be family, close friends that I share my things with because I know that they are people that look out for me and I look out for them and we have each other's best interests at heart. You know, if one of my friends succeeds, I'm really happy for them. I have no jealousy. I don't I don't feel anything like bad, negative towards them. And I know people that I used to consider my friends where if when I achieve something, they would feel jealous, they would be negative towards it. And I would share it with them and they would be negative. They would try to bring it down, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can say personally in my life, I have lost a lot of people that I consider to be friends, that I, I thought they were close, you know? And I, that comes with experience as well. And I'm not saying that we're the most experienced when it comes to this area, because how much do you really know a person? You know, you, you mm -hmm. don't. Only a person knows themselves. Only that person can know themselves. But by what people show me around, like my close friends, I know that I can trust them. And if one, if one day they betray my trust or they, 
do something bad towards me, they, they're out, you know, it's, it's, it's mutual. You know, if I do something bad, like, let's talk about both of us. I know if I betray your trust, if I do something bad towards you, our friendship is out, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do something like that, but you know, you never know. So I always like kind of constantly look over my shoulder, you know, to, um, towards, because of people, because I don't, I don't trust people. So that's why I'm very picky when it comes to close friends, friends and things like that. I'm very, very picky. Yeah. Like you said, uh, right. Only the truest and the best of friends are the ones that last, right? Time is like, time is like a filter, right? You meet hundred, you meet hundreds, not hundreds, you meet thousands of people in your life, you know? People you bump into in the street, whatever, you know, you meet thousands of them. Time is kind of what filters them. If you extend it over a period of time, how many people are really in your life over that period of time? You know, that number keeps dwindling. You know, one month, there's less people, two months, six months, a year, two years, three years, right? That's why, you know, if you talk when you, as you go older, you know, you talk about, you know, lifelong friends and things like how many do you really have? That inner circle of yours, how many do you really have? You know, mostly it's countable on one hand, you know, or, you know, those are the people that you can really talk to, you know, and things like that. Um, obviously that gets, you know, there are other situations and complications to that. For example, you know, maybe it's, you know, what if you make a, you know, a friend of an opposite sex or something, yeah. you know, and that kind of almost like there can sometimes be complications with that where you're like. Before, before we jump into uh, romantic relationships, I just want to say that, um, be careful on who you choose to be your friend because usually the p people closest to you are the ones that can hurt you the most. So be careful who you surround yourself with. It's really important. Now jumping into romantic relationships, like you said, sometimes you develop a really f good friendship with uh, a person of the opposite sex or even somebody of your, of your own gender. And you, know, you might be into them, they might be into you. Uh, for me personally, uh, when sometimes when I develop a really close friendship with somebody of the opposite sex. Uh, and if I see that I'm into the girl and she's into me, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of tension where you guys flirt with each other, you guys care more about each other. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you could cross the line where you see if it can become something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you choose not to because... Sometimes people you love, it's better off you guys be friends than to cross the line. Mm -hmm. And I've crossed the line a couple times to see if there was something there. And it turned out not to be, you know, it turned out to, instead of something great, I thought it was going to be something great. It turned out to be something that was, I don't want to say terrible, but it wasn't positive for me it wasn't a positive experience for myself but it did teach me a lot of lessons and that's important I, would, I wouldn't say i've had too many of that i think i had maybe you know one or two cases of somebody i had known first well, kind of as a friend not that close honestly but you know seen her around for example been to you know group hangouts things together and then eventually you know developed you know that relationship a little bit further to more like romantic right but it was mutual so it wasn't just me or her right like one of us wanting it but the other one not it was pretty mutual yeah. i think maybe you have something i think you've had a couple situations like that right i've, I've been 
on the side where I was into the girl and she was not into me, she saw us as platonic and I saw her as more. And then I had to put it in my mind that it was never going to be anything more than a platonic friendship. And people come and go, you know, and there's been times where I saw the girl as platonic and she saw me as something more, you know. And I think that's where it comes to play, where you got to be honest with them. If you see that the other person has intentions or if the person notices that I have intention, other intentions or if I make it clear to them that I have intentions, I, I, I would rather them be honest and tell me that they're not interested in that way and they would just they just want to be friends. That's not because I feel like a lot of people lead each other on because they don't have the courage to be honest about it, you know, because mm -hmm. they're scared to get other people's feelings hurt. But I, like I tell, like I told you, uh, I, f I find honesty and the truth, the way to go, because in the end that everybody's better off with the truth. And you have like different kinds of relationships. You have the platonic where we're really close friends. And I can guarantee you've had that. We're really close friends with someone of the opposite gender. And people are like, oh, they're dating, they're together. But you guys are just like really close friends. And there's nothing there besides a friendship. Not for me, actually. I never. I, I must say, I've never really had a relationship where I was very close with someone of the opposite sex. And then like, people say that about me. But I have had friends, for example, who have had that, right? Where the thing is, in that case, they actually, well, one of them really liked the other. Let's just say that. And the other kind of put it softly and told them, you know, oh, I didn't, I don't like you like that, right? That's the classic phrase, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't like that, right? I don't see you that way. I don't know. I think platonic relationships are tricky. I think my personal opinion, like if you want to get in a romantic relationship, it's best not to start off platonic. I think, yeah, it's, I think it's a, this, I think this is with romantic relationships in general. There's certain things that you should look at first when you start it and accept it, right? Like if you see, right, the idea of like red flags, if you see something in somebody, like even from the first or second time, you can kind of tell where that relationship can, is going to head, right? Yeah. Like you can be like, oh, like, for example, I don't really, really like this and she doesn't, you know, for, for example. You know, maybe you can put it off. Maybe you can hide it. Maybe you can ignore it. Maybe she might even hide it, right? Or he, whatever, you know. Yeah. But eventually it's going to come out. And if you had, you know, just disciplined yourself in the beginning of the relationship and just accepted it and said, look, this isn't going to work in the long term, you probably would have saved yourself a lot of time, right? Yeah. I'll say, don't, I'm not saying don't try things because it's also important to try things and learn, right? You can learn a lot from things. Sometimes you have to learn it the hard way. I think relationships are a lot like that. Like people can warn you. I have friends, you know, tell me like, oh, don't do this or do that, you know, relationship. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. And I went and did it and I learned it the hard way. I feel like in relationships, it's kind of like that. You have to sometimes learn things the hard way. Yeah, sometimes people... If your parents, uh, mentors, friends, they tell you something that, you know, you know, it's the truth and you know, it's going to happen, but you just do it anyways, because, you know, you sometimes just like you said, you just got to learn the hard way. But yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Right. Um, and obviously this is a topic that would require a lot of time to study, like really delve into it. I think there's a lot of fascinating points and I think we had a really good discussion but unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed and stay tuned for our episode coming out next next week. Episode five is going to be interesting. So if you enjoyed this episode, 
look forward to our fifth episode. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much and see you next week.